0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, here today with Kamel King. As we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi a great place to live and a great place to visit. Today, we continue our Best of Mississippi City series. We'll start this hub city road trip off in Hattiesburg. Marlo Dorsey, Executive Director of Visit Hattiesburg, will join us. Then we'll talk to Katie Dixon, owner of the Birdhouse Cafe. Later in the show, we'll learn all about the Sanger Theater, and we'll end the show with Hattiesburg's own Westbrook's of the 6550s. Don't go far, because we're going for a Hattiesburg ride here on Next Stop Mississippi.
2: Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB Car Tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road.
0: You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio.
1: on MPV Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller of MississippiToday.org here with Visit Mississippi's Kamel King. As we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi such a unique and fascinating place to live. Today, we're continuing our Best of Mississippi Cities series. We're starting off, or we're going to spend the whole day actually, not just starting off, Spending the day in the city of Hattiesburg. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's right. Hub City, you all know it so well, home of the University of Southern Mississippi. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Great school.
1: Great school. Wonderful school. They've got a big ball game this they weekend. Do, they
3: do. Good um, luck to them.
1: That's right. Uh, playing Jackson State University. This is a, a rivalry brought back from uh, yesteryear. We had a great column by Rick Cleveland this week on org about the history of USM and JSU. Just Absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Back in the Favre days yeah, when Brett yeah. Favre was at U.S.M. Yes, so, a lot of fun. A lot of fun to read, uh, Kamel. I hope you've had a great week and are leading into a wonderful long weekend. I know we're all ready for an extra day.
3: Oh my God, busy week, but I am. In a- Ecstatic, electric, and excited to be here every Friday.
1: Well, it's it's definitely the best hour of the week to spend here with you, Kamel, and our great listeners here on MPB Radio. As I mentioned, we've got a new series taking place each month. We're featuring the best of Mississippi cities, and we're really excited to spend our hour in Hattiesburg. So we're going to kick today's show off with our friend, Executive Director of Visit Hattiesburg, Marlo Dorsey. Welcome to the show. Good morning, everybody from Hattiesburg. It's Go
4: Gold Friday down here in the Hub City.
3: Marlo, how you been doing?
4: We are doing wonderful. We are getting ready for um game day weekend. I'll tell you what uh tomorrow night at six o'clock um, is our first game of the season and you know the enthusiasm that college football brings so this is a hopping lively town and we are excited to uh to have the Sonic boom officially in town uh to <laughs> present to us a fantastic halftime show and you know there'll be a
1: little bit of football there in between there you go (laughs) fair enough marlo tell us a little bit about game day in hattiesburg is there a tailgate tradition there there are so many
4: things that are going on this weekend in hattiesburg you know and then add to that it's the labor day weekend so everybody gets one extra day to you know to kick back and have a good time
3: Now, I can only imagine just the excitement running through the streets. I mean, first game, Labor Day weekend, everybody's back at school. You know, what does it feel like right now?
4: Well, the enthusiasm is definitely throughout our entire community. And, and as you know, enthusiasm is really contagious. So you go all the way from downtown Hattiesburg, where we have a lot of things going on for game day tomorrow, all the way through Midtown. We've got a brand new um, district at Midtown that is it's fresh, it's open. You know, lots of, lots of enthusiasm and people just really enjoying seeing all of these new businesses opening. We've got Hotel Indigo there, and you can imagine it's going to be pretty full this weekend. The brass hat that's there. They've got game day specials going on. We've got live music. We've got a nacho house tailgating um, bar. You know, the Grub Slinger is a brand new food truck that USM presented this week. So when I tell you It's really going on in Hattiesburg this
1: weekend. It is.
3: Did she just say nacho house? Yes. (laughs) Those are romantic words to me right there.
1: Well, Marlo, I did have a chance to check out Hotel Indigo, which is a a new great uh, boutique hotel in Hattiesburg. Looks like a really beautiful place. And as you mentioned, a lot of new uh, restaurants and new attractions popping up in Hattiesburg. So among all of these wonderful new attractions, um, and of course, you know, your kind of mainstays, those Hattiesburg like must-see, must-do events. What do you see your alumni really looking for when they come to spend a long weekend in Hattiesburg?
4: Well, I think when you, when you truly take a look at what makes up Hattiesburg, who are the people that are here in Hattiesburg, an interesting fact that a lot of people might not know about Hattiesburg is that it has the second highest percentage of millennials compared to all other major cities in the Gulf South. So 37% of our greater Hattiesburg population is made up of millennials. Now, I know you take a look at, well, what do, what do millennials like? You know, they like that live music. They like uh, creative outdoor spaces that artistic vibe diversity so you look at our thriving restaurant sector with all of our numerous local flavors we have so many talented chefs and we also have a lot of family friendly events too so when we look at who are we as a community we're a young, vibrant, diverse town, but we also are well-connected across the generations. So from downtown to midtown, all the way to Hattiesburg out west, you can just see you know, that enthusiasm and that welcoming spirit where people, they want to have a good time, they love their community, and they are welcoming to all the many visitors that we get.
1: Well, I'm so glad you pointed that out. You know, in Mississippi, we are losing population and we're losing young people. So to know that Hattiesburg has really mm-hmm. become Um, This hub for millennials and and growth, I mean, you see it when you visit and you feel it in the air. Uh, It's just really great to hear that uh, coming from you, Marlo. Let's talk a little bit about Hub City. I I say that all the time. I'm not sure I know exactly what it means.
4: Well, you know that's a that's a really interesting point, Mary Margaret. So when you think about Hattiesburg and you look at, if you think about it as a spoke, you look at how well connected the the the, the railroads are and also the interstates and highway systems are. So you can go from Mobile, Jackson. New Orleans Mm -hmm. you know you look all the way out west and you look at all of the natural gathering ways that people can come to the hub city so way back when you know in 1929 when the Sanger Theater first opened Hattiesburg was a mecca for arts and culture and truly because all roads led to the hub city whether you were going on the highway or you were going on the rail it just became that natural gathering place and melting pot so the hub city you know um, that that name has definitely stood the test of generations as we have gone on so a lot of people that come to Hattiesburg you know for for the universities you know we're home to two universities a lot of them stay here so it's a natural melting pot and I really think that that creative vibe that innovation that that welcoming engaging diverse feeling that people have when they come here is really what people are looking for in today's great american cities and if you look at what our mayor you know we had the our young mayor was the first millennial in the legislature you know you look at what he's doing today and he just continues to share that enthusiasm for all things that we're trying to do to be purposeful in our intentions to truly become, you know, the the next best city of the Gulf South. And we have to be intent and we have to connect and cooperate. And I truly think when you know when people come into town this weekend for game day, they're gonna see all of those things for themselves.
3: I like what you said about being purposeful and intentful, you know, and that tying in to having such a large population of millennials. Uh, tell us about how how the city has just really fostered and, and, and hugged the millennials with the exciting live music scene that you have.
4: So, you know, 365, you're going to find, 365 days a year, you're going to find something to do in Hattiesburg from a a live music perspective. So you look at our universities, and if you want to hear a wonderful symphony, a concert band, you know, or or you want to go downtown or to Midtown and and hear live music, you know, with a band, you know, with a cover band, Bluegrass, you know, we've we've got Ronnie Millsap coming, you know, in October. We just had Gillian Welch. We, We have a lot of diversity in the type of music that is being presented in this community, and we're really trying to raise that profile. So um, Mayor Barker has done a great job of, you know, really trying to connect the dots for helping us make sure that we're bringing in a lot of that talent. And he has a a great team of people there at City Hall, you know, that get it and they're engaged and really trying to help us raise that profile for Hattiesburg is certainly a music destination. So outdoor live music, indoor live music. Big music in a in a beautiful venue, small music in a jazz club. I mean, we've got all of those things in between.
1: That is so cool. Uh Mississippi today will be coming to Hattiesburg September twentieth. Um, we'll be at Southern Prohibition Brewery for a live interview with Mayor Barker and editor Ryan Knave. It's really such a an exciting time that you're capturing in Hattiesburg. I'm glad you mentioned William Carey University. I was Mm -hmm. remiss to mention them at the top of the show. Such a really big part of the Hattiesburg community. Marlo, in addition to these great attractions, these wonderful destinations, you have just an incredible calendar of events that are taking place not only this weekend, Game Day, Labor Day, but through the fall.
4: We really do, Mary Margaret, and we try to, uh, through a community calendar that we work with our partners very closely, we really try to reach out and grab all of those events that we know that are going on. So when we, when we receive questions, inquiries about what's there to do in Hattiesburg, we can easily share all that information and get the word out about all the great things that are going on here. You know, and it's good for our locals too. You know, while it's our job to make sure that we're sharing all the great things that Hattiesburg has to offer as a visitor destination, it's also good for quality of life for our locals to feel like they're engaged and connected to the community, that they can also know what's going on. I don't know about you, but um, when it's game time, you know, you, you may have a lot of relatives or friends that come in for the weekend, and they want to know where we're going to eat and what we're going so to do. you can make it really easy for people to find um, all of that information in one place. Um, it makes it great. So through our newsletters, Hattiesburg Edge, through our Facebook page, our Instagram page, our website, we really try to push all that information out there so that people can have the things they need to have a good time when they're in Hattiesburg.
3: Now, one thing I certainly want to come down for and, and really piqued my culinary interest was October Feast, uh, the city's first restaurant week happening October 7th through 14th. Won't you tell us a little bit about that?
4: I mean, can you say anything better than October Feast? I'm telling you. think about it. So, you know, we are home to so many uh, great restaurants. Hattiesburg as a whole um, has, you know, 500 places to go out to eat. 200 of those are locally owned and operated. You know, you've got the likes, you know, of Ron Savelle from a Patio 44 and a Mug Shots, you know, to Robert St. John and his plethora of restaurants. Katie Dixon, you know, who's been on MasterChef, who was just on, you know, next Food Network star, you can look at all the different types of foods. We had ramen night last night, and Mm, there were people out the door in downtown Hattiesburg at uh, the Depot Market. So you look at how all of those wonderful factors come into place, and we really thought about, well, how do we present all of this in such a way to be able to have a culinary showcase of all the great food that we have to offer in Hattiesburg? So we're going to go a Sunday to Sunday for October 15th that's October 7th through the 14th and we're going to start out with a culinary crawl on Sunday night we're going to have Midtown Monday Taco Tuesday, Ethnic mm. Eats we're going to have a Get Downtown Day a fry um, a <laughs> Breakfast in the Burg and a Brunch Burg so we're working with a lot of our restaurant partners to really try to create some additional enthusiasm for how we're all connected and we really want to showcase the wonderful restaurant offerings that we have here in Hattiesburg.
1: Yeah, Hattiesburg's definitely become a culinary destination among many other things. And Marlo, we certainly appreciate you being here uh, with us today. The team at Visit Hattiesburg makes it really easy to figure out what's going on, where to stay, where to eat, where to shop. You can check it all out at visithburg.org. check them out. now. It's time for us to take our first break. But did you know that the city of Hattiesburg had two other names before Hattiesburg? We'll tell you what they were when we return. Plus, we'll speak with chef and businesswoman Katie Dixon of the Birdhouse Cafe. Stay tuned. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Oh, don't worry, MPB Think and Music Radio are available online and on our MPB public media app. It's simple, just log on to our website at MPBOnline.org to get started. This is MPB Think Radio.
0: Beginning Thursday, September 13th, MPB Think Radio will offer a brand new call in program, Autocorrect. The lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, will help steer you in the right direction to correct your vehicle problems. Maintenance, noises, warning lights, whatever your concern, your mechanic on duty will assist you in getting back on the road. Auto Correct Thursdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio, beginning September 13th. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio.
1: This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller of MississippiToday.org, along with Visit Mississippi's Kamel King. Before the break, we told you that Hattiesburg actually had two names before it became Hattiesburg. They were Twin Forks and later Gordonville. Captain William H. Hardy, a pioneer lumberman and civil engineer who founded Hattiesburg, gave the city its final name in honor of his wife, Hattie. How sweet.
3: And how much more attractive than (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> than the other then two. Than Gordonville. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, Hattiesburg has definitely got a better ring to it.
3: <laughs> definitely rolls off the tongue better.
1: Yeah, good job, Captain Hardy. That's mm. that's for sure. All right, now let's welcome to the show Chef Katie Dixon. She's the owner of Birdhouse Cafe. Hi, Katie. Hey, good morning.
3: Well, Katie, just dive right in and tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, you've got a, a lot of things going on.
5: You know, I, I'm a pretty busy woman. I, I think um, mainly, I guess, a little about myself is I'm the mother of two precious daughters. Um, they're 13 and 8, Miss Kitty kate and Reese. and um, I'm the owner of Birdhouse Cafe here in Hattiesburg. Um, and we do, you know, we do weekly specials. We do meal prepping. We do personal um, nutrition um, packaging. We do all kinds of things at the Birdhouse, as well as um, I've been on fox's master chef and i just finished filming with food network
6: so um,
5: i love to travel Well, I definitely have to find some balance.
1: Well, and we see that a lot in your food, uh, Chef Katie. We, we, you know, we've gotten to know you through MasterChef, excited uh, to see this upcoming season of Food Network Star. Really, um, what makes you stand out is your healthy twist on Southern food. Talk a little bit about the inspiration or where you kind of first came to see that this was really your mission in terms of the kitchen.
5: Well, I grew up um, going to my grandparents' farm in South Mississippi. Um, My grandfather was a cattle farmer, and my father then took over that business. And food has always been a part of our our family and of our story. And to me, food isn't just about um, eating. It's about sitting around the dinner table. It's about love, laughter, family. You know, you have Thanksgiving. Those are the the food thoughts that come to mind for me. And one thing I really noticed... um, was that so many of my family members um, were suffering from chronic illnesses and not feeling well. Mm-hmm. And at the root of that, I really tried to understand why. And it was a lot about um, the diet that they were eating. And um, I just immersed myself into a culture of trying to learn how I could educate myself and others throughout our great state on how to feel their best. And it was through powering through the day with, with the best foods um, and use it as fuel for their bodies. So. That's really how I started, um, was just seeing a need. Um, When I was Mississippi's Miss Hospitality and I was traveling for our state promoting economics and tourism, I really realized that, you know, there's different ways to eat in different parts of the country. And we have this amazing southern soul food here in Hattiesburg and throughout our state. But how could we make it healthier? Because the food's amazing. But how can we put a little healthy spin on it? So my roots are southern, but I try to put a little bit of world travel – um, a
3: healthy spin on the things that I make. Hmm. Well, I mean that that fun twist of making you know southern cuisine healthy is obviously shown, uh throughout your menu and, and perusing it. Uh, it. It's so fun, and you you just put in so many vibrant things, but then you look in the ingredients. And it's really healthy. But, I mean, what really took me uh, back was the names that you gave each, you know, sandwich, each salad, each breakfast and lunch uh, uh, deal. Tell us about that. How did you come up with the names for uh, your culinary creations?
5: Uh, Well, um, you know, a lot of people come in, and that's one of their favorite things are the names of my menu items. I think with anything in life, we wouldn't – you know, I wouldn't be where I am without the influences of, of family and friends, loved ones, um, culinary greats that I've walked past in my culinary journey. And so I wanted to give a little tribute back to to those people in the Birdhouse Cafe. For instance, I have one of my sandwiches. It's called a heavy tea that's named <laughs> after my brother. Um, and he's a, he's a big southern boy. And when I told him about the Birdhouse and the menu, you know, they all shake their head at me because I, I definitely don't come from a, a history of just healthy eaters um and so that sandwich is a healthy um spin on one of his favorite sandwiches and it's brie and apple and turkey and spinach and a little bit of bacon in there and he loves it so he's like i don't even know this is healthy when i'm eating it but it is (laughs) and it's good for you Mm -hmm. um i have the grave digger's daughter it's one of our um, most popular items it's an acai bowl which is um a powerhouse of nutrition for you it's an anti-inflammatory it's a berry that's um, really good for the body. And that one, the grave digger's daughter is actually named it for my father. He has a grave digging business. So um, a lot of people find a lot of laughter in some of the names I have on the menu. Um, you know, the Mexican wrestler, I have the tiny dancer. My sister was a professional ballerina. Um, you know, I, I have names after my kids. Um, you know, one after Gordon Ramsay, who was a, um, a big influence for me on MasterChef. So um, the menu is definitely fun, and I think it keeps things interesting at the cafe. Every employee I have, I do a... um seasonal menu item that has um, something about their personality in the
1: name. Oh, cool. That's really sweet. Now, in addition to having these um, really innovative recipes and these really fresh and healthy ingredients, the space you have is also really fresh and very cool. You might not think it's of Mississippi either. So tell us a little bit about where you are and the inspiration for the entire experience when you visit Birdhouse Cafe.
5: Um, you know, my my inspiration behind the birdhouse is definitely from my travels. I try to take a little from every place that I travel to and bring it back to Mississippi and back to Hattiesburg. I feel that I'm truly blessed to be able to do what I love and travel and learn from experiences, and I want the people of Hattiesburg to be able to come in and see a little bit of something that I've picked up, whether from another country or another part of the state or from another area of... Um, you know, from California, I do a lot of filming in as well as in New York. So I wanted to bring that to Hattiesburg. And um, my mission is to love, nourish and inspire. And it's, um, you know, to love on people through feeding them nourishing foods and inspire them to go on and, and you know, to, to build dreams and to make them and to work hard for them. So the space I wanted to cultivate a place where people could dream where they felt at home, but they also felt inspired.
3: Chef, I know we are talking a lot about you know your uh, your restaurant, but we cannot let the fact that you've been a finalist on season seven of the uh, Fox television series Master Chef get in our rear view. I've got to know what that experience is like, and what is what is the pressure like? You know, how do you even handle that? You know, tell me um, about that.
5: You know, going into the competition, I was just amazed that I was even chosen to be on a show like Master Chef and be able to train under people like Gordon Ramsey and Christina um, and all the all of the chefs that I was able to train under um, and learn from and you know I played a couple of sports in college and I've, I've told people that it's like when you have a basketball coach and they push you as hard as you can be pushed because they know there's more in you and they want to see your best and that experience um, in that competition was one that you had coaches that were pushing you to be your best so yes they pushed hard But they they created um, a stronger Katie, and they taught me things that I'm able to now teach in cooking classes to, um, you know, the youth of Hattiesburg, to adults, to families, and I'm able to share that. So, you know, I don't wanna keep it a secret. I don't wanna keep the things that I've learned, um, you know, hidden, I want to share those. So that definitely is where my heart is, is in teaching others um, about the experiences that I've been able to have. Gordon Ramsay, actually, I, I call him a friend now. I mean, I have his, his number and my cell phone. I, mm-hmm. I, I speak with his assistant regularly. We're, we're working on a new project right now. So um, it's fun. It's, it's crazy to sometimes sit back and think that, um, you know, my family, including friends and family, are here in Mississippi, but some of the opportunities that I've been given um, would have never happened if it wasn't the support of those from Hattiesburg.
1: That's great. It's it's wonderful. I'll say that you're really uh, committed to sharing your worldly experience, your take on food and health in your home state of Mississippi. And just as a as an aside, I think Master Chef is like the most legit cooking or cooking competition show on on the air. Mm-hmm. So like, kudos to you. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. People
5: ask me all the time, "Do you really not know what you're about to do?" And I'm like, "Absolutely not." Oh man, you pick up the box, you. The, the minutes are truly 30 minutes or 45 minutes, whatever they show is truly what you get. There's there's not any heads up on what you may be doing. It's literally a, all a huge surprise. And, um, you know, I think it's one of those things in life that you look at it as instead of being nervous that you might mess up on national television, which I've done several times, but as it's an opportunity to grow and to learn and that you won't get any of those, you know, you won't get that second back in the kitchen and just just to seize the moment and seize the day and just do your best. Um, mm. It's just kind of the attitude that I had going
1: into it.
3: True yeah. and prompt to artists.
1: That's right. It is an artistry. <laughs> uh, and, you know, performance under pressure is always kind of, kind of fun and yeah. kind of frightening.
3: <laughs> For yeah, us to watch. I
1: do, <laughs> yeah. I do have a um, – my
5: cookbook is actually um, being released um, at the end of October. Neiman Marcus has picked that up, and I'll release um, – I'll go on a cookbook tour – and um, that's some exciting news, kind of on a different thing other than the cafe, um, that, that I'm excited. I wanted to show people in the state, I get questions all the time, how do you go into a normal grocery store and get healthy products, and how do you make something with that? Yeah. So my take on the cookbook is I went in a very mom-and-pop grocery store um, in different towns in Mississippi, and that's how I created my cookbook. No special ingredients, no special tools. Things that you can pick up in a small town grocery store and feed your family and yourself until good after you've eaten it. So I'm I'm really excited for that for that to come out and for people to be able to to really dive in and use some of the you know the farm fresh vegetables you can find at farmer mar- farmers markets across our state and in downtown farmers market in Um It's an amazing little spot down there. I've made relationships with the farmers and um, just such a neat way to be able to have. Fresh food from the farmers here in Hattiesburg and have them at the cafe, you know, and in our homes.
1: Well, congratulations to you on the cookbook. Can you, can you give it, can you tell us the name? Can you give us a peek? Um, uh, the, the name is actually Love, Nourish, Inspire, and it's a coffee table book. So
5: you're going to find a lot of like inspirational stories and quotes throughout. You're also going to find full page pictures of, um, all recipes. So every single recipe has a photo. Um, it's a beautiful cookbook and, um, I'm, I'm really excited to share, um, you know, a little taste of Berg in it.
1: Great. Now, uh, Chef Katie Dixon, tell us where we can keep up with you and how we can learn more about what all is happening with you and the Birdhouse Cafe.
5: Absolutely. Um, I am Chef Katie Dixon on Instagram and on Facebook, as well as ChefKatieDixon.com. The Birdhouse Cafe has its own separate um, page because it's a little bit different than just at Chef Katie. But it's birdhousecafe.net, and then I'm the Birdhouse Cafe on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so you can find me there, and um, I answer to all questions on social media. And um, I love to communicate with with um, all my customers. So.
1: All right. Chef Katie Dixon, thanks so much. I'm feeling very inspired. Now it's time for us to take another quick break. But when we return, we'll welcome to the show Nathan Jennings and Zach Newsom with the Hattiesburg Sanger Theater. So stay tuned. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. no matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone. Everyday tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app.
0: You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio.
1: This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller along with Kamel King. Today we're touring Hattiesburg for our Best of Mississippi Cities series. Before the break, we spoke with Executive Chef and owner of Birdhouse Cafe, Katie Dixon. We've had a great show thus far, speaking with Chef Katie Dixon and also Marlo Dorsey with Visit Hattiesburg. So much happening in the Hub City, and we'll continue our show today with a conversation about one of Hattiesburg's oldest and most established venues. The, the Sanger Theater, the historic Sanger Theater. So welcoming to the show now, we have Nathan Jennings with the Sanger Theater. Welcome, Nathan.
7: Hello, how are you doing?
1: We're, we're doing really well. I'm really pleased that you could make time to join us today. Uh, Marlo Dorsey mentioned uh, in her interview earlier in the show that the Sanger was opened in 1929. What an incredible uh, history. Has it been continually in operation since then?
7: Uh, no, it um, uh, like, like she said, opened in uh, nineteen twenty nine on Thanksgiving Day, and uh, it was the premier movie palace at the time. And um, but uh, it was it was an operation for a number of decades, um, but it uh, it went out of kind of went out of business there in the 60s, s. But um, but then in um, 1979, 1981, we uh, you know started a renovation, and then in uh, two thousand had a had a bigger renovation, and um, and so we're we're back. Um, uh, doing more than silent movies, we opened for. But uh, so we've, we've got a, a range of things now. But um, anyway, that's that's where we are today.
1: Very cool. Well, I, I've spent some time in the Sanger. I've had the opportunity to see a lot of different performances there. One of the most memorable for me was Marty Stewart and the fabulous superlatives oh, there I love them. at the Sanger. Really filled that space. And when you come into the Sanger, you know you're in for something special. So describe this theater for our listeners.
7: Well, it's um, the style of it is it's um, an Art Deco and uh, like mine influence. The idea is that you're you're taken to a faraway land and you're somewhere special, and, and you are. And so, um, so the design reflects that. And, um, and you know, like you like you said, when you walk in, you'll notice the the giant chandelier that's in the auditorium. And um, and you know, and we and we do tours. You know, if, if anybody that's listening uh, wants to stop by, you know please do You can come by. But, um there's uh, yeah, the auditorium is beautiful. Um, yeah the other uh, side, it's, it's very ornate.
3: So Mike um, said, you got to come check it out. Nathan, uh, you know, just in doing a little research on the Sanger and, and kind of the history of it, you know, people don't realize that this was on the cutting edge. I mean, movie palaces had just came in as an advent in the 1910s and teens and silent movies and right when you know audio came to movies the Sanger theater was erected on thanksgiving uh so i mean tell us about that about sanger being on really the technologically cutting edge at that time
7: oh, yeah you're you're right and um and that kind of affected uh how um how they built it they um uh it's you know it's got a stage it's got a, a fly system so it can handle uh live shows and they, and they did that because people at the time uh you know didn't really know what to think yet about coming to, you know, sit down and just watch a movie. You know, that was a new thing. And, uh, you know, so they, so they designed it that way to, to host a number of things. And um, so, yeah, and the movie, maybe palaces were new. Um, I think previous to that, uh, from what I've read, they, you know, you had to go look at a little Nickelodeon, you know, at a pharmacy or whatnot to see movies. So, so yeah, it was, it was a great thing to have. For sure, and you even mentioned that it had a uh, cutting technology come in. Whenever they first started showing the performances, they actually had to play the uh, match the audio with the pictures Ooh. with uh, old vinyl records and had it had it play throughout the theater. And the theater is designed acoustically to where you don't need amplified sound necessarily to hear everything. It's uh, rounded in the back to where all the sounds will just bounce right back off and everyone can hear it. So it's, you can see that design too. And, you walk up there and speak on stage without a microphone, and you know they can hear you all the way back in the balcony, so mm. it's it's great
3: that's not easy to accomplish
7: I don't know, especially back in nineteen twenty nine yeah
1: now, uh, that, the voice you just heard come in on your radio, that's Zach Newsom. He is the events coordinator at the Sanger Theater. Zach, I'm, I'm glad you're on the call with us today as well. You, as I said, uh, coordinate a lot of the events. And speaking of, you know, the theater being literally designed to present different programs, talk a bit about the programs you're doing today.
7: Well, we're really excited. We're pretty much getting ready for, our, uh, for October. We have a lot of fun things coming to the Sanger uh, we have Ronnie Millsap, who will be here October 5th, and uh, that's actually being put on by Ardenland, which I believe he's based up in Jackson with y'all. Uh, he runs the dueling hall.
1: Absolutely. and
7: Yeah, we've been doing great work with them, and uh, he's bringing in Ronnie Millsap, and that'll be on October 5th. And uh, then we have our performances we have going on is uh, Hocus Pocus. It's an annual event we have go, go on, and um, it's great for the whole family. Uh, we make it a really special treat. We try to, you know, give the kids and their parents that full experience that they expect when they come to a place like the Sanger. Um, we also have on Friday, October 19th, Hannibal Burris. He's a uh, comedian based out of California. He's originally from Chicago. But he has uh, family up in uh, the Delta, of Mississippi, and you know, he's told people that he really loves to come play in Mississippi, so we're excited to get to host him on uh, October 19th. And um, we also have a music fest. I, I'm sorry, a, a, movie, a movie festival, Hollywood South Urban Film Festival, coming October 21st, and the array, an array of uh, movies and you know, local artists showing their movies off there. And then we're gonna finish off October with uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's an annual event that. We've been putting on for years, and it's something we all look forward to. And um, for all of these events we have going on, on uh, Fridays in October, we're actually going to be blocking off the street in front of the same theater, uh, Forest Street, and have a block party. You know, we'll have uh, drinks, uh, music, and activities for everyone to enjoy as they wait for the events to start up.
3: Nice. Now, Zach and Nathan, one aspect of the uh, theater that I thought was super interesting was this 778-pipe Robert Morton pipe organ. Now, I mean, I love organs. I've worked a lot in the uh, gospel industry, and it's very organ-heavy, but this is a different kind of organ. This is a monstrosity and when I was reading about it they said it could mimic so many sounds and it was part of uh you know the entertainment as it led up to anything that was happening in the theater please tell us about the history of this famous organ
7: okay well yeah like you said the organ uh, it is special and um what makes a theater organ different from uh say like a, a church organ is that uh, not only does it have the pipes in it but it's, it's also got interesting things like uh like percussion instruments and um and tuned uh, huh. tune percussion, like it's got a like for instance ours has a, an actual drum symbol inside of it. I mean when you mm. hit one of the uh, keys on the keyboard, you know something hits that symbol and you can hear it, and you know so it's real. It's not not a synthesizer. Not, uh, when you know there's a xylophone up there, uh, a kick drum, and all kind of interesting things. And um now ours doesn't have this, but I, I've read about it. Uh, there's one of them has like a little device that a little flute goes underwater and makes a bird sound. I always wish we had that one, but, but uh, I like that, uh, it, it, there's, it's, it's very interesting technology. It's, it's like you said, a, mon- a monstrosity, but, um, uh, but yeah, the, the one that we have, it's, it's the one that, w- that was originally here. Uh, it had suffered some damage, I think in the sixties and um, a guy took it in the seventies and uh, repaired it and got it back into working order and he added to it. So it became even, even bigger and better. And, um, uh, and so, uh the city got that one back uh, in the late seventies and um so it's back where it started, and we're happy to have it
1: so guys I mean what is it like here you are you've got a really cool job of showing up every day at one of the state's historic theaters and working with artists and musicians uh, talk a little bit about uh a day in the life at the Sanger theater
7: <clears throat> well it's um it's different from from uh one thing things of the next we're um you know, that's one thing we focus on is trying to learn all the different ins and outs of these events. I mean, we have, I mean, it's a comedy show one week. It's a big-name concert one, one day, like Zach said, a film festival the next. So all these events have different uh, aspects to them and uh, requirements. And um, so, like I said, it's interesting, and we learn a great deal, and, and um, so we're better prepared to host the next big event, and that's what we're working towards.
1: Well, that's great. We wish you guys the best of luck. Tell our listeners where they can go to learn more about the Sanger Theater and see your uh, schedule for the fall.
7: You can go to com and hit the Tickets tab and scroll down, and you'll be able to see all of our performances that we have for tickets available, and that'll send you to our Eventbrite page where you can make your purchases or see what else we have going on. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook. We're very active with social media, so Facebook, Instagram, follow us. You'll get the latest news and latest updates on upcoming performances we have and uh, breaking, breaking news that we are always excited to and never know when it's going to come up. So, yeah, follow us on Facebook.
1: All right, great. Zach Newsom and Nathan Jennings with the Sanger Theater. Thanks for being on the show today. Michelle's got a treat for us. We're going to take you out with Craig Wiseman and Blake Shelton live at the Sanger in Hattiesburg, singing Boys Around Here. Craig Wiseman, Hattiesburg native, very cool, uh, now like a Nashville producer superstar. So thanks for pulling that up, Michelle. It is time for our final break, but when we return, we'll welcome Hattiesburg's own Wes Brooks of the 6550s. But before we go, did you do? Do you know how much it cost to watch a movie in the Sanger Theater in 1929? Mm. I'm thinking a nickel. I don't know. That seems like (laughs) the right sort of currency.
3: Everybody always thinks nickels when it's back. Yeah, milk's
1: a nickel, Nickel, bread's a nickel. Car's (laughs) a
3: nickel. (laughs) My house was a nickel, you know.
1: (laughs) That is so funny. All right, what do you think? We'll tell you when we return, so don't go far. You do not want to miss what's coming up on Next Stop Mississippi here on MPB Think Radio.
0: Whoa, folks, and all, to listen to the people run. through the Box at the hockey time, with a boot Listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio.
1: You're listening to MPB Think Radio inside Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org, here with my co-host Kamel King of Visit Mississippi. Today we're featuring Hattiesburg on our Best of Mississippi Cities series. It's been a lot of fun. We've had some wonderful guests today, and I've learned a lot about Hattiesburg that I did not know. I've not visited um, uh, Chef Katie Dixon's cafe. I want to check that out. Lots of uh, really uh, fun things happening in Hattiesburg. New things every time you visit. So, uh, really excited about all of the energy there. So far, we've toured Hattiesburg with Visit Mississippi, uh, sc- excuse me, Visit Hattiesburg Executive Director Marlo Dorsey. Then we enjoyed some unique dining with Executive Chef Katie Dixon of Birdhouse Cafe. Did you
3: Did you hear how she said her book was going to be in Neiman Marcus, like it was going to be a Dollar General or something like <laughs> <laughs> Neiman Marcus? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not in the independent publishing marriage. No, it?
3: not at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Unlike my cookbook, which will be Made from the Xerox printer. Um, but that's all right. Yeah,
3: because you're a wonderful cook.
1: Thank you, Camille. And you know, that's the way to get to my heart. <laughs> Compliments. All right. Now, we are well, uh, before the break, we asked you how much it cost to watch a movie at the Sanger Theater in 1929. Nickel. I said a nickel, but it was actually a nickel and a penny, six cents. Now,
3: that is just crazy.
1: I know. Gotta Ooh, break inflation. the dime.
3: <laughs> gotta break the dime. And you know, that was like breaking a hundred. Let me quit.
1: (laughs) All right. We're ending the show with one of Hattiesburg's best-known band members, Wes Brooks of the 6550s. Welcome, Wes. Hello. Wes, we're super glad to have you on the show today. Tell our listeners a little bit about your band, one of Hattiesburg's favorites, the 6550s.
6: Uh, Well, thank you for having me. Uh, We've been around since about 2010, or at least in this form, rather. Uh, we play anywhere and everywhere—private parties, festivals, uh, clubs. Mostly rock and roll, but if you shout it out and we know it, we'll we'll make our best effort to play it.
3: Well, Wes, I mean, I've been in the industry for a while, and I mean to know a band that has been together—which I'm sure, maybe not the same exact players—but maybe you can tell us for over 20 years—that is. Tough to do. Tell us the science behind keeping this band together.
6: Well, it's a unique chemistry for sure, but before any of that happens, you have to get along with one another. And the two guys that I play with are two of the best guys I've ever known, uh, just good friends. And when we, uh, we get together and play, it's, it's become second nature.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, Wes, uh, tell a little bit about um, the kind of music you play and and really how you guys landed on this very specific type of music.
6: Well, again, it's mostly rock and roll, and the songs that we keep in the set uh, are just songs that we love and songs that seem to resonate with people. Uh, We like to generally play upbeat rock and roll type stuff. Things that people like to dance to, uh, but like I said, if, if there's a certain song or genre of music that somebody wants to hear, uh, we'll we'll make our best effort to to play it and make sure that uh, everybody has a good time.
3: To be able to do that, Wes, and and play on demand, you know, on request, you have to have a huge repertoire uh, in your mind. I mean, how many songs, if you just had to guesstimate? Uh, that you and the f- sixty-five fifties are able to play. What would you say? What's your playlist?
6: Oh, gosh, <laughs> believe it or not, you're the first person that's ever asked me that. I, I would say uh, conservatively three or four hundred. Oh,
3: it's, that's amazing.
6: What I mean, that's not to say that you're going to hear them perfect, but we'll, like I said, we'll make our best <laughs> run at it.
3: But that is like multiple musicians and a singer being able to pull that stuff. I mean, that's that's like a computer. You know, I, how do you do that?
6: Just repetition, and one thing that we benefit from uh, in our in our band is we don't have a lead singer per se. We all three share singing duties. So uh, instead of having to know lyrics for three hours of a show, then, you know, we can cut it up and uh, share the responsibility.
1: (laughs) That's always a good thing. Now, uh, Wes, in addition to uh, this band, the 6550s, we also learned that you are a columnist, a a local columnist in Hattiesburg. Talk to us about your column.
6: Well, that all came totally by chance, but it's, uh, a very good friend of mine, Samantha McCain, who's the uh, chief uh, communications officer for the city, uh, at the time was writing a column for uh, the Hattiesburg Post. And now that is the Hattiesburg Post, the Pell News, and uh, Lamar Times have merged uh, into what's now called uh, the Pine Belt News. And uh, their publisher, David Gustafson, Uh, was looking for another columnist and she offered me up and having never done something like that before uh, I was pretty apprehensive about doing it but once I got started it became really cathartic and I got to share some experiences that I've had of course uh, music is a big part of it but uh, my experience with uh, ADHD and uh, other learning disabilities, uh, things like that, how that flows in and out of my day-to-day routine. Uh, in addition to being a columnist, I'm also the development coordinator for the DuBard School for Language Disorders. So there's oh wow. there's quite a bit that I learned from, from, from that job that I'm able to incorporate in the column, but it's all kind of woven together by whatever song is, I can't seem to shake out of my head that particular week. So I'll try to incorporate the lyrics somehow into the column that I'm writing.
1: Yeah, well the column I read recently, or this morning rather, was uh, really centered around Go Faster, a Black Crows tune from the late nineties. And in this column you say that you've never really considered yourself a musician, but hey, here we are talking all about your your work as a as a musician with your band. So let's hear about that.
6: Well, I say I'm not really a musician. By definition, I like to think, when I think musician, I think of somebody that can read and write music. Um, if you put a sheet music in front of me, you you could very well ask me to translate Sanskrit or speak in Russian. That They're just lines and symbols on a, on a sheet of paper. Everything I know in regards to playing guitar is is all by ear and having adhd when i was became infatuated with the instrument when i was a teenager uh i didn't have the patience to sit down and learn music i had to sit down and you know whatever guitar player i was obsessed with at the moment i'd sit down and put it on the on the uh record player or the tape deck and just go over and over and over again until i could make the guitar come close to sounding like what I was hearing on the on the radio or on the on the tape deck.
1: Playing by ear, I love that. Mm-hmm. Some of the best musicians do so. Well, Wes, it's been really fun to have you on the show today. I know you guys keep a full schedule. Tell our listeners where they can find you or, or find more about you.
6: Well, they can find everything you need to know about us uh, most easily by going to our website, and that's b sixty five fifties. Uh, dot com, Or our Facebook page, which would be facebook.com forward slash the 6550s, uh, at the 6550s on Twitter uh, and Instagram, and uh, the DeBard School, usm.edu forward slash DeBard. And the column you can see uh, on hubcityspokes.com and uh, facebook.com forward slash Wes is finding
3: focus. 65-50s, where did that come from?
6: Uh, that's something I came up with uh, when we were thinking about a name. We had gone through a transition. We lost a band member and didn't feel right about calling ourselves that name that we had at the time. And nobody in this band is a We're not small guys. We're pretty big uh, size-wise. Uh, so the thinking was, What's something that's large, not really good looking, but sounds good. <laughs> and there is a an old electron glass tube that they used to use in car amplifiers called the sixty five fifty. And that just came to mind. Looks kind of
1: terrible sounds really good that's right that's a uh, so the band's named after a guitar amplifier called the 6550 love that story thanks Wes all right we want to thank you for going on our best of Mississippi Cities tour of Hattiesburg with us today and thank all of our guests for spending some time with us Next Stop Mississippi was produced by Michelle McAdoo for Kamel King I'm Mary Margaret Miller